Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, getting you prepared for the spring game. It is taking place in Keenan Stadium on Saturday afternoon. That is going to wrap up what has been a relatively quiet but uh, interesting spring practice so far for Tar Heel football. We'll tell you about some of the top storylines heading in. I'll give you three players to watch for, and I'll also tell you about three battles that you should be keeping an eye on during Saturday's game. We'll also take a look at some other big storylines around Tar Heel football, including with former quarterback Sam Howell as he prepares uh, for the NFL draft, which is now less than a month away. He is going to be taking a visit with one of the teams in the NFC South. We'll tell you which one of those teams he is going to be visiting next week, as well as a look at some big-time recruiting storylines. Two uh, targets have already put Carolina inside of their top schools list. One of their major targets announces when he is going to narrow down his list, and the Tar Heels get a chance to host a big-time uh, a big-time target here this upcoming weekend ahead of his decision which looms next week so we'll preview that one really quick for you here on the podcast but as I mentioned we have to get in and start talking about the spring game Uh, Carolina getting ready to wrap up their spring practice hard to believe that that is the case but you know the last two years first you know of course Carolina did not have spring practice back in 2019 um, or, or 2020, excuse me, uh, ahead of the 2020 season. They did not have spring practice. Uh, the Tar Heels, of course, on the basketball side of things, uh, they were not going to probably make the NCAA tournament anyways, but the NCAA tournament was canceled. Of course, that was due to COVID at the time, so uh, you didn't have spring practice back then. Last year, a lot of coverage around Tar Heel football won because, of course, there were huge expectations coming off of the year that they had in 2020, but also 
The Tar Heels bowed out early in the NCAA tournament. So this year, with the Tar Heels making a just unbelievable run in the NCAA tournament uh, to get to the final course, as we all know, in disappointing fashion, did fall uh, in the national championship game to Kansas, uh, but still an amazing run. And during that time, the focus, as it should have been, was on that team and the run that they were making. So Carolina football put on the back burner a little bit. Uh, and with it being that, you know, an earlier springtime uh, or an earlier start time to spring camp, uh, Carolina now is towards the end of their spring camp here as the basketball team uh, is, you know, sort of coming out of focus. So uh, this is going to be really a great showcase for a lot of these guys who we haven't really heard a whole lot about during this time. And, you know, part of the reason why as we jump into some of the top storylines, we're going to give you three uh, of the top storylines to watch uh, here on Saturday heading into the game. And I think it has to start with the depth issues, really on both sides of the ball. And it started on the defensive side of the ball. That was where the big concern was coming into the spring. Mac Brown expressed that when he was talking in the press conferences to preview the spring practice uh, you know, session that Carolina was getting ready to go through over the next month uh, back in early March and said, look, th- this is a team that is extremely banged up, especially on the back end in the secondary. Carolina, uh, the safety spots, a bunch of guys that uh, had injury issues and even more that, that picked up injuries during uh, the month. Uh, Cameron Kelly was a guy that came in healthy. He ended up getting banged up. That was with guys uh, that were already limited, like Don Chapman. Um, and of course, uh, you know, two guys that uh, were, you know, either not participating at all or a guy that I was under the impression was not going to participate at all, but is actually limited and has come back in some capacity in Geo Biggers. Of course, Jacorius Conley, the guy who got is out for the entire spring, he got banged up last year uh, in the game against Wofford. We haven't seen him yet so far this year. One would expect that he will probably be uh, looking at a fall camp return, and the hope is that uh, he will be a full go by that time after suffering that brutal lower body injury uh, towards the end of last year. You've also got, you know, a corner. Carolina is missing uh, a couple of guys. Storm Duck was limited through, uh, you know, a decent part of the spring. Now he's a full go again. Mac Brown said that on the last time that we heard from, from him early last week uh, that he is back to a full go, but still without DeAndre Hollins back there and a couple other guys. So Carolina, they are really banged up on the back end of that defense. Um, you know, the other areas, you know, they're, they're in a decent position. Uh, still got some guys on that defensive line. Jaleel Taylor, of course, he was injured in the bowl game. Still working his way back uh, right now. Still not in pads. Um, but, you know, and and Kedrick Bingley-Jones as well, another guy uh, that has been out for the majority of, of spring camp. Um, so, you know, Carolina is still extremely limited on the defensive side of the ball, and that is now carried over to the offensive side of the ball. Mac Brown talked about it last week. Wide receiver is the area where Carolina is probably the thinnest, and it might be on the entire team, and it's something that is maybe not going to be corrected when they get into fall camp. The other spots that we just talked about, there's guys there. They're just banged up and injured, whereas at this position at wide receiver, Carolina's just kind of lacking the depth right now because, as Mac Brown said, this is a group that lost a lot of guys a year ago, and we're talking in season. You had Emory Simmons and Chaffrey Brown, who were both supposed to be a big part of this group, heading into the season last year. Um, they were, you know, 
that they were on the field for the majority of the early part of the season but didn't produce at the level that they needed to and eventually entered the transfer portal. You have Bo Corrales, who was banged up all of last year, still trying to recover from a sports hernia injury. He ends up you know, taking his extra year of eligibility but is going to do so after transferring to SMU. So Carolina is really thin on the outside, and then they lose Tylee Kraft, who this spring game is going to be uh, you know, it, basically given out an honor to. It's going to be the the uh, hashtag Tylee Strong spring game, and it, it's you know it's it's a terrible situation for him. Uh, he he was you know gr- uh, uh, great to see. He was the other day with the team in their uh, meeting uh, w- with them. Mac Brown. There was a video that was put up on there shouting him out, and it seems like everything's going pretty well after. Uh, they found a rare form of cancer uh, that he is receiving treatment for right now, but it's unclear when he is going to return uh, to the lineup. So Carolina, uh, you know, when you look at it from just a personnel standpoint at wide receiver, is relatively thin. You've got, you know, some movement going on uh, at, you know, the wide receiver spot. We've heard Do- Josh Downs uh, is a guy that's kind of being moved all around. Now, part of that, I think, was a plan all along because, as Mac Brown said, uh, teams were able to kind of take him away a little bit as the year went on last year with him just being in the slot. They were able to bracket him, so they're trying to move him around a little bit, put him on the outside where it's not as easy to double-team him out there because you know if you do, you're putting guys on an island elsewhere, including in the slot where Carolina probably feels a little bit more confident with their depth there than they feel about the guys on the outside. Um, you, you're also, you know, we, we heard in that press conference that they are looking at Bryson Nesbitt at wide receiver a little bit. So he's a guy at tight end that has the athleticism to move outside and play at receiver. And it makes sense. He's a guy that has the size, can go up and get the football, can win the 50-50 balls. We saw that, you know, in flashes early last year uh, to the middle part of last year. So hopefully we'll get to see more of him. Uh, I think he'll be a guy that will be very interesting to keep an eye on at wide receiver and to see what he does on Saturday, where exactly he's at. Do they put him, you know, just kind of focus on him at tight end and use him sparingly at wide receiver? Or is this a move where they're kind of going to play him 50-50, maybe even more at receiver right now because they're just so uncertain with what they've got out there? But it's all because of the depth that's lacking right now at some of those key positions, and that'll be one of the big things to watch on Saturday. It could also, you know, lead to... Uh, you know, less contact. It could lead to less plays. Not really sure how exactly it is going to affect what Carolina does out there, but it has had an effect in some of the scrimmages. Uh, two, they did have a scrimmage this past Saturday, but the one prior to that, Mac Brown, when he spoke in the press conference a week ago, said we ran 30 plays uh, with just basically hard, you know, hard bumping. It wasn't. Um, you know, full tackling uh, because they didn't want to risk getting guys injured and it allowed them to put out some of the guys that are still limited at this point. So that's the point that Carolina is at right now. And it's not great for a group that is trying to implement a new defensive scheme, is trying to rebuild their offensive line. But it's something that right now feels like it's kind of necessary with all of the issues that Carolina is having depth-wise, mainly due to injury. Meanwhile, sort of to go off of what we talked about there at wide receiver, and we'll touch on that unit here again when we talk about this, Carolina is still searching for the offensive skill position players that are going to step up. 
And this is sort of a carryover from last year. Look, you found Josh Downs. Maybe you found Antoine Green. I still think you need more consistency from him. You know, he had a good second half to the season, but that first half of the year was a little iffy. He was, you know, it it really didn't show up until uh, that schedule turned to the second half of the season. So, We'll have to see if he's one of those guys that Carolina can count on. Outside of that, there's not a lot of known commodities at all for Carolina on the offensive side of the ball as they still look to sort of replace uh, the guys from 2020 that left in Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Deami Brown, and now they are also looking to replace their starting quarterback in Sam Howe. That's, of course, the one that most people are going to be interested in, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, as you would predict. We told you we'll be looking at the top three position battles to watch for on Saturday. Quarterback is one of them, but yeah, they need to find a new guy under center. Those two quarterbacks uh, that played in the game against Wofford, uh, now sophomore Drake May, now junior Jacoby Criswell, both guys that are battling uh, for that starting job so they need to see one of those two guys step up at running back is you know British Brooks the full-time solution there Carolina kind of wanted multiple backs back there a year ago in 2021 really had to just settle for Ty Chandler back there British Brooks has shown some flashes he did at the end of the year primarily in the game against NC State and then in the bowl game against South Carolina but this is a guy that Carolina, you know, needs to be a little bit cautious with putting a bunch on his plate because he is still a guy that was a former walk-on. He is a guy that, uh, you know, has waited this long to end up becoming a productive part of that backfield. So they need to find other options back there. Mac Brown has been saying that uh, all spring. He said it leading into the spring. And so far, uh, as of last check, he said that this is still a group that's searching for some guys to step up. Now, I think George Petaway, the true freshman, is the guy that's probably been the most talked about. And I think he's definitely going to be a guy that Carolina will look at very hard uh, as a possibility in that rotation, even as a true freshman because of the way uh, that he is playing so far, because of the speed uh, that he has out of the backfield and the versatility that he brings to the table. But right now, not a part of that group uh, that is officially a part of the rotation. It's only British Brooks. And you know, there's a whole host of other guys behind him. DJ Jones, can he stay healthy? Is he a guy that can finally sort of get his career going in the right direction? Because each of the last two years, every time it's looked like he's going to get his opportunity, he ends up going down with an injury. Caleb Hood got banged up last year, but he showed some good things inside the tackle. Is Can he build on that? And can he stay healthy himself this year? Uh, and then there's you know a bunch of other guys. Camaro Edmonds is a guy I think a lot of people forgot about because of the two running backs that were brought in in this class. But he was a four-star running back from last year's class. He's lost some weight. They, you know, Mac Brown expressed before they got into spring practice that he was one of the guys that they were really intrigued to keep an eye on. We haven't heard anything about him since, but is that just because he's slipping Mac Brown's mind whenever he's in these press conferences, or is that because he's struggling? So. That's definitely one of those groups that you're going to want to keep an eye on. And then, of course, at wide receiver, and we'll lump tight end in there as well, who are those guys that can step up to join Josh Downs and potentially Antoine Green? They still need a third option because even as it showed late in the year last year, even when you got the two options, teams were able to take that away, and you got to have other guys to be able to throw the football to and that can do things with it when they have it in their hands. J.J. Jones is the guy that got the opportunity a year ago. 
still feel like he's going to have a really good chance to end up winning that starting job on the outside, but he's been banged up a little bit. He's been working through some things, so hopefully he is getting close to 100% or will be 100% for this spring game on Saturday. He's a guy that's been battling with you know the likes of Kobe Paysauer, who uh, Mac Brown did say has been moving kind of all over the place. They've used him on the outside, but they've also used him in the slot when they do move Josh Downs out to the outside. So that could potentially work out you know, in Carolina's favor there. And then when you move Josh down to the outside, could Gavin Blackwell be one of those guys? We heard a lot about him coming in last year. It feels like the depth in the slot is probably a little bit better for Carolina than the depth on the outside right now. It's not proven, but you feel like uh, there are some guys that are raw in here and you know, in the slot, it's the the learning curve is not as steep, and and you don't expect them to do as many things in terms of taking the top off of defenses and winning those fifty fifty balls uh, as you do on the outside in the slot, where it's more focused on some of the short catches, doing things after the catch. So it, it could be interesting, you know, with Gavin Blackwell there. Doc Chapman, who is not there just yet, but is a true freshman from the state of Virginia that will be coming in uh, in June. Uh, you know, is the door potentially open there uh, at wide receiver? Those are the types of guys that need to step up, and we'll see if some of those guys can step up on Saturday uh, and make an impact for Carolina in the spring game. And the other storyline that I think most people are looking at here is that rebuild offensive line. What does it look like? Now, again, it's really hard to judge what exactly that group looks like because Carolina's defensive line is still working through th- through some things as well. There is a consistency issue with them. They still have to get better in run defense. So it's hard to judge, even if the offensive line comes out and plays great on Saturday, whether or not this is an improved offensive line or not. But you do want to see some of these guys, some of the new guys that are working together, some of the transfer uh, the, the transfers that are coming in, Spencer Rollin, they have to wait on, but you do have Corey Gaynor in there. You also want to see what does uh, you know the trio at center look like. What are they doing with those guys? Is Brian Anderson kicking out? Is Corey Gaynor kicking out? Is it uh, Kieran Johnson going to guard? What do those three guys, how do they sort of situate them along the offensive line? And then what does the rest of the offensive line look like? Do you see Zach Rice in there? Do you see Travion Green, who we've heard a lot about so far? Uh, do you see those guys? Do you see some of the younger guys that have been you know, behind uh, de- you know, depth-wise uh, on, this tra- on the depth chart here over the last couple of years finally step up and, and make some noise? Mac Brown said Ed Montillas and... Uh, and William Barnes, both playing the best football of their careers so far. He said that uh, in his interview last Tuesday. He's, and, and do they get their opportunity and finally run with it? Where do you have a Sim Richards? Is it, you know There was a thought that maybe he could potentially kick inside. We saw it a little bit early on last year in the first game of the season before they ended up making the switch back after uh, the horrid performance uh, against Virginia Tech, but is that an option? Do they have two tackles that they feel confident in that will allow him to kick inside to guard? There's so many different things, so it'll be interesting to see uh, all the moves that they're making down there under new offensive line coach Jack McNell Jr. as well. He probably hasn't had as much time as he would have liked with these guys, having missed the first two practices after coming over from Louisville, but we'll see what exactly this line looks like, and it'll be interesting to see if there are just some fundamental signs of improvement. 
I'll give you three players to watch as well. The first one shouldn't shock anybody. This is a guy that if you've been listening to Mac Brown's press conferences and really if you've just been following along on social media uh, with some of the posts that have been put up by some of the staffers uh, in terms of you know the production king of each uh, of the practices, we've seen this name pop up a couple of times. Dontavious Nash at safety, he's gotten the opportunity. Mac Brown said it when they were heading into. Uh, spring practice back in March that he was going to be one of the guys that was going to get the chance to earn first team reps. He has. He's been running with the first team for the majority of spring and so far uh, everything that we're hearing is that it, it seems like he is commanding the defense well. It's a much simpler system. We heard him say that when he talked to the media himself a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he really, you know, has latched on, it seems, to Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren's defense, and he seems to be thriving in it. And Carolina's looking for guys that are more consistent on the back end. So it'll be really interesting to see does he command that type of presence on the back end that should have people feeling confident about the direction that he can go for Carolina at safety as they're still looking for guys back there that, frankly, can just play the role a little bit better than the guys that have been back there the last couple of years. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball, I talked about him a little bit, but I'm really interested to see what he does in this game, how much he plays, and where Carolina lines him up at. George Petaway, I think, is looking at a role in this offense in some capacity. I think, one, he's just way too talented. We saw it coming out uh, of high school from uh, from Nameson Suffolk uh, Academy up there uh, in, in Suffolk, Virginia, and he looks – he looks the part. Um, Mac Brown, uh, you know, has said multiple times that he has really good speed, and they like the versatility that he brings. And we saw that uh, in the Under Armour All American game. He didn't have a great day running the football, in large part because his offensive line couldn't get much blocking for him. Hopefully, that's not the same case here. If he's in the backfield as a part of the rotation this year in Chapel Hill, but. When they split him out at wide receiver, they can do a lot of interesting things with him. Again, that will allow potentially for Josh Downs to go out to uh, out on the outside. You could potentially move George Petaway into the slot. So that versatility alone, I think, gives him a really good opportunity to be a factor here. But the other thing is, is that Carolina kind of needs that breakaway speed guy. They had it. You know, to a certain extent with Michael Carter, he was a guy that just always seemed to miss out on the home runs whenever he had the opportunity to get tackled by the by, by uh, the shoelace or you know get pushed out of bounds. But uh, Ty Chandler, you saw it last year. They hit a lot of big running plays a year ago. To be honest, wouldn't even want to know what this offense what what the numbers would have looked like if he didn't hit some of those home runs uh, that he did. You know, in the games against Virginia, against Wake Forest, um, he, he he was one of the better running backs in the country in terms of ripping off those big touchdown runs. And Carolina needs that explosive back back there. I don't know if that guy is there. I mean, you saw a little bit of that capability in the bowl game from British Brooks, but I feel like the top-end speed that he has, George Petaway might fit that role perfectly, so I'm really interested to see how they use him in this game. And then the other guy that I'm interested to see here is a guy that's a five-star, and it's at a position of need for Carolina, and that's Zach Rice. A lot of people I know are probably going to be wanting to see where Travis Shaw is, and I think that, you know, especially with the comments that Mac Brown made about Travis Shaw a little over a week ago now, you probably should be keeping an eye on him. But it feels like 
that's a position on the defensive line where he's got to work through a few more guys that you know are rather established, including Ray Velasik, who is returning for another year. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball in the trenches, you got another five-star guy in Zach Rice. This one's a little bit different, though. There's not a lot of proven guys in front of him. There are a lot of question marks there. And is this a guy that can come in and make an impact early on? We've heard that him and Trevion Green have been doing some really good stuff for Carolina as true freshmen. Mac Brown has raved about both guys. There is a learning curve, there's no doubt. But especially with Zach Rice, you can see that the physical ability is there. And Mac Brown said that. So Let's see what he can do in this game. You know, the pace of this game is is you know going to be hopefully similar to what a real game is. Um, you know, he's had some chances to go through some scrimmages now. So, what does he look like uh, on the offensive line? There is going to be at least one point where you're going to see him because Carolina will try, probably try to get as many guys as possible out there. But what is his role? Which group is he playing with? Because we've heard he's run with the ones at times. And what does he look like? If he if, is he a guy that looks confident, that looks the part, and you know is sort of adjusting to that speed, or is he still a guy that it's going to be clear there is a little bit of a learning curve with them? Because if he's a guy that is you know more towards uh, that first scenario that we talked about, you really have to wonder whether or not this is a guy that could factor in here and and push for a starting job as they go into the fall. Speaking of pushing for starting jobs, let's talk about the battles to watch. And I think it's very clear where you have to start. Quarterback is the most obvious spot that you have to start here. It looks like, as of right now, from the comments that Mac Brown made in his last press conference, it feels like this is a two-horse race. I think Connor Harrell was given the opportunity, but he's a true freshman there is a little bit of a you know a, a steeper curve there for him coming out of a high school in Thompson High School that is just so loaded with talent around him. We're here. Uh, you've got to be a little bit more dynamic. You've got to be a little bit more of a commanding presence, and you're going up against guys that are veterans of the offense. And I think if at least from the comments, it seems like he's a guy that's kind of been distanced from by Drake May and by Jacoby Criswell. It'll be interesting to see these two go back and forth again because we got a little bit of a preview last year uh, in the game against Wofford when Sam Howell was unable to go due to an upper body injury. But, you know, coming in, it feels like, you know, there's not a whole lot that has been given away on this. Now, I did hear a rumor from somebody that told me they, they saw something that said the belief is right now there is one quarterback that is separating themselves. I don't know if that's true um, at this point in the season that, or in in the spring. Uh, that wouldn't be crazy. It, it, it you know this is a team that's been together now for a month, has gone through a host of practices, and yeah, with some with the amount of scrimmages and everything that they have, it wouldn't be shocking if somebody separated themselves. The more shocking part would be that this would happen in a Mac Brown quarterback competition. Uh, because he is pretty famously known for being a guy that likes to sort of stretch these quarterback battles into the summer, allow these guys during the player-led practices to sort of separate themselves amongst the players, and then allow the players themselves to tell him who they think has separated themselves the most. So we'll see. I- I'm not sure. Um, I don't really have a lean on either, e- either guy either uh, at this point, but... I do think that 
Uh, it is interesting that that has been floated out there, and I wonder if you will see uh, you know more reps for one guy. If if it's very clear, uh, you know, in their mind that they feel there is one guy that has separated themselves, they might use this as a justification and name the starter over the next uh, you know couple of days or weeks, or. That could be, you know, what it is, a rumor uh, that'll get quashed pretty quickly, and you'll see these two continue to battle into the fall. I think Saturday's game could give us a pretty good look at that, depending on the amount of reps, and really just the eye test. You'll be able to tell, I think, pretty quickly whether that is actually true and which guy it actually is. So that's one to definitely keep an eye on. I think that number two receiver spot that we've talked about so much, and yeah, again, Josh Downs is going to go out wide, but it feels like him in the slot with the speed and shiftiness that he has is the spot that they want him at the most. I, I think they need to find that guy on the outside. Who is it? Is it somebody you know like Kobe Paysauer who you know in high school showed that he does have the speed to potentially take the top off of defenses, but he's known for being that guy that can climb the ladder. Or J.J. Jones, who is a little bit of a quicker receiver at the high school level, um, but also could go up and win some of those 50-50 balls. He was the guy that got the opportunity last year. Does that help him out a little bit in this battle? Is he 100%? Is he ready to go for this game, or is he still slowed and it allows other guys to potentially step up? The other question is, what about the guy that started there down the stretch of the season in Justin Olsen? He was limited to begin camp, and we haven't really heard a whole lot about him since then. Is he still limited? Is he a guy that you know Carolina is now really trying to look away from at that spot? What exactly is the situation there at the number two receiver? I think out of these, out of the uh, the three that we're talking about here, the battles to watch. This is the one where you've got to sort of go in and and look at all a whole host of different guys there and see if there is somebody that can emerge. But I think it's definitely going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think one of the biggest things to keep an eye on right out of the gate with that is when Carolina comes out of the huddle. What is their group of receive their first group of receivers look like what wide receiver you know threesome or even foursome if they go a lot of four wide receiver looks what is the most popular one that they go with that will probably tell you which one they feel most confident in at this point and also is Bryson Nesbitt one of those factors there at the number two wide receiver is he a guy that Carolina really just plays exclusively in the slot when they move Josh Downs out uh, to the outside what type of role does he have and does he play a factor there at the number two wide receiver spot it'll be very interesting to watch that and then at the defensive end spots I think that there you know this is definitely not a lack of talent or upside here it's just what do these spots look like we've heard Javari Ritzy uh, he's kind of been moving back and forth we've heard that he's been at defensive tackle but has also played on what they call the power end spot uh, along with Des Evans so what do those two you know what does that rotation look like out there and then on the other side you've got Noah Taylor who is a veteran of college football veteran of ACC football but is not a veteran here at Carolina he's coming in as a grad transfer but he's a guy that it, we've heard a lot about, especially early on 
in the spring as somebody that was standing out. So does he command a, a, a big amount of reps in this game with the ones? Or does Chris Collins sort of split that time with them at the jack end position? What does that look like out there? So both of those spots, I think, will be very intriguing. And, you know, Mac Brown said Carolina would like to, you know, try to find, especially on that defensive line, a three deep where they feel confident in three different guys at each one of those positions. One of the guys that he talked about, they've moved him from that jack position over to the power end, is an early enrollee, Bo Atkinson. They're going to give him the shot there at that power end to be that number three guy. What does he look like, and can he step up and hold on to that uh, third string spot back there and potentially even push uh, that you know that that tandem of Javari Ritzy and Des Evans uh, for reps uh, and amongst that group, that that'll be extremely interesting to watch as well. So we're going to take a break here on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. And when we come back, we're going to tell you about former Tar Heel quarterback Sam Howell. He's taking a visit to an NFL team next week. We'll tell you which team that is and what we think about that potential fit. Also, We'll talk about some big-time news on the recruiting trail. We've got updates on uh, a four-star offensive tackle, a three-star in-state tight end, a three-star in-state defensive lineman, and a guy that Carolina has been pushing hard for that is going to make his decision next week in the 2023 class. Stick around for all of that here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Two titles are up for grabs on the stacked UFC 273 fight card. Join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter and get $100 in free bets. Win or lose, guaranteed. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the excitement. Everyone can play for a share of millions in prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy MMA Contest. Draft your lineup of fighters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for strikes, takedowns, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, throw down $5 on UFC 273, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code TPPN this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back into the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Paganata, taking you through the spring game preview upcoming uh, on Saturday, the Ty Lee Craft, uh, the Ty Lee Strong spring game from Keenan Stadium. If you guys uh, are getting ready to head up there, make sure that you guys are uh, you know checking out uh, all the great stuff that Carolina is going to be doing uh, beforehand. I know that there uh, is going to be some festivities starting at 1 o'clock, so make sure that you check all that out, and then you're in your seat at 3 o'clock for the start of the spring game. If you can't make it up there, it is going to be at 3 p.m. on the ACC Network. Uh, Carolina excited to turn the page on that 2021 season and flip it to that 2022 season, and this is a step in doing that. But let's move on to some of the closing notes and let's talk about one of the guys that had to go through that 2021 season uh, but was a big part of Carolina's success over the last few seasons and that is Sam Howell. He is going to take 
one of his visits uh, that you can take as an NFL draft prospect. Teams basically invite you, very similar to what you do when you take uh, visits as a recruit. Um, and he is going to visit with the team uh, here in his hometown in Charlotte. He is going to visit with the Carolina Panthers next week. Now, this is one of five quarterbacks, five or six quarterbacks that Carolina is going to host. Of course, they still under the direction of head coach Matt Rule, but new offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo in there. They do have Sam Darnold, who is still under contract with them after they signed the fifth-year extension on him prior to last season. But a lot of people feel like they are at least going to bring in some competition for him. Could it be the Tar- the former Tar Heel quarterback, uh, Sam Howe, we'll have to wait and see. Carolina does not have a second-round pick, so this one is a little interesting. I feel like you know this is probably a guy that's here in the local area. He's a guy that at one time was seen as a first-round prospect and could be looked at as potentially a trade-back option for Carolina if uh, you know one of two things occurs. They could be in the market for a guy like Malik Willis who could go off the board earlier, therefore they trade back, or uh, they could just look around them and and feel like they don't really like one of the quarterbacks enough to take him at six, but they feel more confident in trading back. And maybe Sam Howell is one of those guys that could be on the board there late in that first round if they go that far down. To be honest with you, don't think it's really a great uh, chance that he does end up with the hometown team here. I could, you know, could be wrong on that, but it feels like they are looking for a guy that is going to be able to come in and make a more immediate impact where it feels like with Sam Howell, a lot of the stuff that we've heard as we've gone along here is that he is sort of a work in progress. He is going to be a guy that you have to bring in, teach an offense to because he was in such an RPO heavy offense at Carolina under Phil Longo. So, it's good for him to be able to get that interview. It feels like there are going to be a couple of other interview visits that he is going to take probably over the next couple of weeks. But uh, ultimately, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, you just wonder how much legitimacy there is to him actually being an option uh, there in Charlotte. Uh, but let's head over to the recruiting trail. Let's go to the guys that are you know potentially going to be future Tar Heels after talking about a former Tar Heel. And we'll start with a guy that released his top 10 on Tuesday that is, or, or earlier this week, excuse me. Uh, that was Madden Sanker. Uh, he actually uh, did release it over the weekend. Carolina cracking the top 10 for this Georgia offensive tackle 2022 four-star, uh, 2023 four-star, excuse me. And he visited campus on Tuesday following him releasing that top 10 list. Still a little bit early to kind of determine where exactly Carolina is at in that recruitment, but at this point, it feels like Carolina's probably in pretty solid standing. This is an area that you wondered, would there be a little bit of a boost here from Charlton Warren coming in? And it feels like with the the amount of offers that they have in that area, and now with some of the guys from the state of Georgia starting to have Carolina on uh, their list of of top schools, it feels like they are at least having a little bit more of an effect in that state than they were beforehand. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, it's still pretty early um, in in his recruitment, so it's hard uh, to really make a, a strong you know stand to take a strong stance on where exactly Carolina is at right now in that area. But 
I still feel like you know th- this is a-, a guy that Carolina probably feels you know pretty confident in uh, that they're at least you know inside of the top ten and that they can make a push for. He seemed to enjoy his visit to campus, and we'll have to monitor that one going forward. A guy that Carolina is a little more tied into right now is 2023 three-star in-state tight end. Vance Boylan, uh, Vance Bolyard, excuse me, who released his top six uh, just a couple of days ago. He was a guy that you know I got to check out personally at the Rivals Camp a couple of weeks ago. There is you know uh, an article that I wrote, sort of recapping what we saw out there uh, at Nation Ford High School when that uh, when that camp came to town, and he looked pretty good. Um, he's a guy that's a little bit thinner. I mean, he's six five, two twenty five, so. Going to be looked at probably immediately, at least, as more of a receiving tight end. We've seen this before with Carolina, though. They like to put the weight on these guys. But he's a guy that I think Carolina should be extremely interested in. Um, it you know, looked like it was still relatively early in his recruitment right now. 24-7 doesn't really have a strong lean anyway for him. But for Carolina to be in the top six and for Carolina to be an in-state team here, I think this definitely goes a long way towards helping them in this respect. I, I still feel like this is one that you probably have a little bit of a ways to go on before you uh, can get a strong feeling. But you never really know with these types of guys, especially these in-state guys. And it's good to see uh, that Carolina is already in this good a standing uh, with a guy like this, Carolina is in his top six along uh, with a pretty loaded group of teams um, so far. You know, d- d- good news is NC State out of the running for him, but you got in-state Duke who is there, Pittsburgh who has done some good things with their tight ends, Maryland, Rutgers, and Minnesota. So these aren't exactly the heavy hitters. So if Carolina wants this one, it feels like they're probably the team with how well they've recruited lately that can really put the foot down here. So have to feel pretty confident uh, about that one if you are uh, the Tar Heel staff right now. Meanwhile, 2023 three-star in-state defensive lineman Jamal Jarrett, he did announce that he is going to release his top five on May 1st. This is a guy that's a little more sought after. Um, a big body. We saw him out there at the Rivals camp as well. Really that earth-moving type of defensive lineman that Carolina would love in the middle. Would love to team him back up with a guy who was his high school teammate this past year after Jared transferred uh, to Grimsley High School. Would love to team him back up with Travis Shaw on the interior. Uh, Carolina and NC State, really the two uh, that are right now in the thick of that battle. There are a couple of teams from outside of the state that are pushing hard for him as well, including uh, a team uh, in, in Georgia that I think is is worth watching here. But uh, Carolina has to feel pretty confident about where they are as well. He's been to he's been to campus multiple times. He's got that connection with Travis Shaw. So let's see if Carolina can sort of put their foot down here uh, and, and continue to make a push as we get towards that May 1st date when he releases the top five. Maybe the most important one, though, is 2023 four-star safety Michael, da- Michael Dougherty, who will be on campus over the weekend for his official visit. It is scheduled for the 8th through the 10th, and this is ahead of his decision, which is looming next Wednesday. Carolina has to feel pretty good about where they're at. It feels like uh, Carolina was probably the leader for him for a while, but there was a push made by LSU last weekend. That's one where I feel like 
A lot of people are monitoring that now after what we saw on his social media a weekend ago. But I think Carolina's got a really, really good shot here. They're not a team that's listed as warm on 24-7 site. But if you go just based off of what you see from them on social media, you would feel like Carolina's got uh, a pretty good shot at landing him here. And there were also some rumors after he took an unofficial visit a couple of weeks ago, a couple and now probably a couple of months ago, uh, that Carolina was in really good standing. Uh, he did release a top seven um, back a, a few weeks ago, uh, and it is going to be Carolina, LSU, Miami, Texas, Georgia, Louisville, and Auburn right now that are battling for him. So uh, this would be a huge one for Carolina if they can wrap it up. It is just, I mean, Carolina right now, uh, is is in a weird spot with this recruiting class. They do have their quarterback in this class, Tad Hudson, four-star in-state guy with a lot of upside. But outside of that, Carolina hasn't really missed on a ton of guys, but they're out of the running for guys that early on you felt like they were going to be in the running for. Now, a lot of those guys are, from an outer state perspective, one of the big guys that Carolina – uh, so far as out of the running for in-state is Keith Sampson Jr., the defensive tackle, but he is committed to Florida State. Uh, so he didn't go to NC State. It still feels pretty early in this four-stars recruitment. So maybe Carolina can make a push later on here if he does end up sort of waning a little bit on his commitment there. But it, it's a weird spot for Carolina because they haven't really missed on anybody major, but it feels like you, you were hoping they would be in a little bit of a better spot here. This one, I feel like if they were to land this commitment from Michael Dowdy, would kind of get things back uh, in, in you know a, a good position for Carolina. I think that would ease some of the concerns that some people may have about you know the, the effects of that 2021 season on this 2023 class uh, and could give Carolina a really good safety in this class, which I think one – uh, would, would be huge for a defensive back group that definitely needs help and depth back there. And two, could give Carolina a security blanket at a spot where they are pursuing a guy like Caleb Downs who you would take regardless. And, you know, I, I don't think Dowdy would be, you know, uh, persuaded differently if, if Carolina does end up landing him to potentially look elsewhere. I think the team-up factor there would be huge. But uh, it, it, this does give Carolina a security blanket if they are able to land him, that you've got a guy as talented as Darity in there if you are to miss on a guy like Caleb Downs. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. We'll have a preview up on the website, HeelToughBlog.com, of his commitment. We're also going to have you covered uh, on a bunch of stuff from the spring game. We've got the preview up there now. I go a little more in-depth. Um, you know, not on the stuff that we talked about here. It's actually a little bit different. I do go into a player to watch and a battle to watch at each position group. So you don't want to miss that. Some of those battles that we just talked about here, we go a little more in depth on. But we also talk about a battle at each position group that is worth keeping an eye on during Saturday's game. We also give you a player to watch at every one of those positions uh, that, you know, maybe you, you weren't expecting to be keeping an eye on going into the game, but we tell you why you should keep an eye on that specific player, and it's all over there on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Bunch of stuff up there, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, closing down the basketball season, 
Josh has you covered on that. You can go back and read one of the ones that I know you'll want to read for a while on the website. We're not steering you towards that Kansas article. Look, if you want to go back and, and, and try to figure out what exactly happened in that national championship game, go ahead. That article's on there, but that Duke article's on there. Please, if you want to go back and relive that amazing Final Four win for Carolina, that amazing Caleb Love shot, go back and read that article. It's up there on the website, and then Josh is going to have a bunch of postseason articles for you guys, maybe even potentially a look ahead. And it feels like there's going to be a lot of news here pretty quickly on that front. Leaky Black put out a post on Instagram last night that sort of hinted to him possibly uh, you know, having played his last year at Carolina. Now, that may just be one that he's putting out there just in case he doesn't end up coming back next year. But whenever a post like that goes up, you know we got to read into it. So uh, make sure that you're keeping an eye on the website for that and on the Four Corners podcast um, You know, timeline, whatever, wherever you look, whether it's, you know, you listen to it, Make sure that you're listening out for the latest episodes. We'll be talking a lot about that. We'll be talking about the season as a whole. We'll be talking about uh, the award that Hubert Davis received as National Coach of the Year. Uh, He's now got two Coach of the Year awards here in the last week or so. So uh, what a season for Hubert Davis. What a turnaround from that middle part of the year where some people were questioning whether or not Carolina had made a mistake in hiring him. He then comes within three points of in year one, winning a national championship uh, at Carolina. So all that stuff on the website and on the podcast side of things. You can check out the Four Corners podcast wherever you check out your podcast, as well as the Heel Up blog podcast, which you're listening to here. And you're going to want to lock in because over uh, the next few weeks, we're going to be trying to track down you know, a few more draft guests. We're also going to be trying to search out some former players as we do every single year to talk about that, to talk about their careers at Carolina, uh, maybe the direction of the program with some of those guys as well. Uh, we'll be doing that throughout the summer and then eventually getting you prepared. That fall camp start is going to be here faster than you guys think as Carolina prepares for the 2022 season. So you don't want to miss any of the the additions of either podcast. If you listen to it, iTunes or uh, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in any of those and check it out on the Facebook page as well. At Heel Tough Blog on Facebook, all the stuff is there. The fa- the, uh, the the articles, as well as the, um, the the audio editions of the podcast and the video editions of the podcast will be returning at some point. We are still working on how exactly we are going to get that set up. But for now, we do have the waveform editions of the podcast up there if you like to listen to it that way. So those will be on there. And then, of course, check out the Twitter social media pages at HTB Anthony for my personal page at HTB Josh. If you're looking for the basketball coverage, that's his personal page. And then you can find both groups of content in one spot at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening and as always, go Tories!